0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Big Gibbon Show. My name is Derek Gibbs, and today's episode I had the wonderful, the amazing, incredible pleasure of having Dee McCourt on the podcast. Dee was on the podcast at the beginning, so this is our second episode. And in our first episode, we discussed uh, psychedelics, mushrooms, the benefits of them. And in today's episode, this is an extension of that. And we talked about microdosing in terms of mushrooms, why people may be fearful of taking mushrooms, why people may be fearful of working on themselves deep within, We're speaking about our own journeys with it. And it's just a good heart to heart between two men. Starting off, talking about mushrooms, the signs behind it, in and out of it, and then after about half an hour, we just had a good heart-to-heart about people playing the victim card, taking responsibility, taking accountability for your life, giving examples of how, how mushrooms have helped our lives throughout it. And obviously, Dee is very, 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 very knowledgeable in what he does, and his inf- like the amount of information he knows, knowledge he has on it is incredible. And enjoy the podcast, folks. This is an absolute banger of an episode. Mm-hmm. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of The Big Gaming Show. D, what is happening, bro? It's good to have you back on the podcast, man. It's great to be back there. Cheers for having me back. Um, but folks, before we get into it, uh, the last podcast, um, don't know how many people listened to it now, but it's definitely over 200 anyway. Oh, and shit. And the, the idea of 200 people sitting down and listening to our conversation is pretty awesome. And yeah. I say... Yourself and Lee's one in terms of people reaching out to me and obviously yourself as well. You obviously you probably got more messages than me, to be honest. Yeah. But in terms of the um, feedback and the questions and just saying it was an awesome conversation with the first podcast, um, that was awesome. And this is just going to be like an extension of that, guys, pretty much. Mm-hmm. The last podcast, I spoke about my mushroom um, experience. These spoke about just mushrooms in general. And we're just gonna, kinda gonna, going to elaborate a bit more on it because um, something in particular that... People are noticing online now is take mushrooms, you're cured, you're not going to be depressed, have anxiety ever, ever again. Which is the same thing as pe- my hatred towards like slimming world, skinny coffees is you just try this one thing and boom, you're fixed forever. Um, so yeah sadi so like, do you want to kind of elaborate a bit on that? Because like, I know obviously what you do with your work is long term change with people as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I that's that's exactly it's exactly what you were saying there, Dara. Um, and that's that another great analogy of the, the kind of comparison um, in, in your line of work is the, you, you take the skinny coffee and caffeine, you automatically assume then that you're going to be fixed. And I suppose it, it, it kind of goes across all boards of things, you know, everybody just wants that quick fix, whether it's a pill that is being promoted, Herbalife we know has been promoted, God knows how many times over the, the years, um, which is probably one of the most unhealthiest things for you. The fact that they're promoting you, to, they skip your meals and, and the rest, you know, but the, the basis behind it is exactly the same. It's the quick fix. So people are too, um, too 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 busy now selling the quick fix rather than actually helping people.
0: Yeah, it doesn't sound sexy, man.
1: No, not at all. No. And it, do, it doesn't even exist. Mm. Quick fixes do not exist. And it's the same across any topic of conversation that you want to speak about, you know, but that's exactly what I'm seeing at the moment um, online is that there's a lot of toxic promotion with these medicines. Um, and that's what, why I wanted to come back on today is just to kind of reiterate that, um, that these are not quick fixes. You know, you don't just take, you know, a mushroom trip and you're cured. Mm -hmm. You know, what that will do is it will, force you to look at the things about yourself and about your life that you do not like, but from a place of love, so mm. rather than fear and what you're going to see, you're going to look at it and be like, right, okay, I don't like it, but I know I have the power to change it and I'm comfortable to change. Um. But yeah, it doesn't matter what you're promoting, you know, whether it be mushrooms, whether it be ayahuasca, whether it be DMT, whether it be Campbell, mm. whether it be whatever it is that you're using, if it's being promoted as if take this and you're fixed, it's complete toxic. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, it's you're, you're no different than a doctor in a doctor's office, not doing a proper consultation and just handing somebody a couple antidepressant tablets or anti-anxiety pills and saying, there you go, take them and you're, you're cured. You know, the whole reason why I got onto this line of work, um, holistically helping people with natural medicines is to, like you said, Implement a real long-term change or transformation in their lives, and long-term change and transformation only starts within you. Mm. You know, I I was I uh, was watching a very good um, lecture there. I think it was last week, and one of the things that they said on it really jumped out them to me was um was exactly that that change happens externally transformation happens internally oh i like that yeah so did i Mm. (laughs) so you can transform your life starting from inside which will then have implement change externally Mm. you know it was i thought was just powerful Mm,
0: it's deep man that is and then like in terms of like people selling it as a quick fix like are they just kind of like right here's some mushrooms and there's no aftercare down with it mm. or any, any, like there's no action steps to go along afterwards. I'm presuming. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: It doesn't matter. As I say again, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's mushrooms, ayahuasca whatever, you know, it's, um, I would, I would say that that's, that's probably what's happening. Um, I don't know. I can't say for certain, um, mm. what, what the after process is, And I certainly can't speak for anybody else, but I'm just seeing, from what I'm seeing online, it seems to be that it's very much, you know, take this medicine and you're cured. You know, take this medicine and your anger's cured. Take this medicine and your anxiety's cured. Take Mm. this medicine and you've got shitloads more energy. You know, yes, they do promote energy levels spiking, but, you know, what I'm trying to get across here is they are not the be-all and end-all. You have to put on the work as well yourself, Um and I think one of the main reasons why I want to get this point across so strongly is because um I just recently had I would the only way I can explain it is another spiritual reawakening. Um was whenever I went down to I took part on a one half method workshop retreat weekend in Galway about three weeks ago with my girlfriend. And down there, there was no psychedelics. You know, there was no medicines. There was no cambo. There was no ayahuasca. There was no mushrooms. There, was, there wasn't there was even weed mm. or marijuana. Um, it was just the breath and cold water therapy and being in nature. And when I come back from that weekend, I felt so connected to myself, my higher self, everybody else around me, and the nature. Um, and the reason why I call it a, a spiritual reawakening is because retaught me a lesson that i had learned six years ago that started me off this journey um so i started realizing that my life my lifestyle was getting far too busy the the pace just kept speeding up speeding up speeding up and what i what i done was i made the conscious decision to to take a step back and start consciously slowing my pace of living down Mm. whether that was changing my walks from the side of the road to a walk in a forest. Mm. You know, if you're walking on the side of the road, yes, consciously you may be thinking, right, slow down, slow down, slow down. But subconsciously, you've got all these extra things and all these um, external things that are constant are constantly reminding you to speed up. So you've got traffic, mm. you've got motorbikes, you've got cars, you've got runners, you've got cyclists, you know, you've got everything um flying past you. And before you know it, you start off as a nice, comfortable walking pace and 20 minutes later your face is red yeah you're out of breath and you have no idea what the hell happened um so yeah i uh, i just made the change from going from those walks to clear my head to going on the forest and clear my head and what i noticed was my walking pace slowed right down i was more connected i was more i had more time to think and you know that that sparked that this spiritual kind of journey of well being and mental um, mental focus and you know everything um, well being and looking after your health. That's that's what sparked that journey, and so going down to that retreat in Galway reminded me that you don't need marijuana, mm-hmm. you don't need mushrooms. Your journey did not start with anything extra your journey started with going a walk in a forest which was just completely reconnecting the nature um from the purest form and then so going down and working with the breath and being in nature for the full two days and working with the hot and cold therapies and things like that i got the same feeling about myself than what i as what i did when i was working with the mushrooms mm. which completely brought it back <clears throat> to the what i was saying here that the mushrooms aren't the be all and end all. They're not the cure. The cure starts with them. Mm. As soon as you start going deep within yourself, they look for transformation. That's when you're going to start noticing a real change. Mm. Um, so that's why I wanted to come on today and just kind of fucking hammer that point home. They say, look, we all have the power. It lies within us. These things. Yes, they are medicine. Yes, they will help if used correctly. But they are not; they be promoted as the be all and end all and the the quick fix and the magic cure because they're not it.
0: Mm. Um Yeah, I think, I think for people who aren't like, I, I think for for me, like, I, like I, I've done mushrooms once in terms of like, say, where it wasn't for a party, if you get me. Mm-hmm, yeah. And the best way to explain it is: it's just a key to unlock. Inside mm. you basically I said it's probably The, the easy, the easy, easiest analogy I can give No, I'm lucky enough that I'm not afraid to Go within and just Look within and stuff But yeah. Sometimes you need like An external opinion Or perspective And mm. I feel mushrooms can give you that um, But like the time when I've done it And when people do it as well there needs to be like some action steps afterwards. It's not like, right, like before you said to me about doing it, you, you said set intentions and stuff for like that. And mm-hmm. I wrote out my thoughts days afterwards. I still obviously write every day, but it was solely on that and what I learned from it. And I think what a lot of people just in general, like, you know, the way with um, Tinder and Hinge, swipe mm-hmm. right, swipe left, whatever it is. And you have Netflix, you can binge. Um, like, you know, people, What's coming very common today is, um, I'm not sure what it's called, you know, the fat loss surgery, people get to just get themselves skinnier, yeah. like they make their stomach smaller. Mm-hmm. People are so lazy, and I don't mean that in an offensive way. It's just the way we're programmed now in society.
1: Absolutely, that yeah.
0: People just don't look for long-term change. I think marketers, let's call them, are going, right, I'm going to get on this mushroom trend now and start charging people X amount of money, but don't actually show them how to actually use it properly or deal with their anxiety depression and just their internal demons
1: yeah exactly 100 percent. i could not agree with you more there um and you had the nail on the head there you know it's it's what it's what big corporations do and they have done time and time and time again they see a trend they see a fad and they jump on the bandwagon they fuck people up and they don't give them the aftercare then, and then mm. then people are running around. Then and be like, why am I so messed up? Why am Why do I feel like there's something wrong with me? You know, you've just had half your stomach removed. Mm. That, yeah. I would say that. And I'm not. I'm not. You know, again, I'm. I do not mean any offense to anybody mm. here. You know, I'm not. I'm not targeting anybody. I'm just. You know, I'm just calling it how it is. You know, and mm. if you're doing it for yourself, by all means, you know. If you've got, you. Everybody has their own reasons. You know, but. The way I see it is the big companies, they see this happening. They see that people are constantly struggling for years. They get the weight off or they get you know get in charge of their own mental health. Mm. And the next thing in, they, they come up with some quick, quick fix, sell it to the people. Yeah,
0: numb the pain and shit like.
1: Yeah, and end up making them worse. And then as people like myself then who do have you no know, offer after aftercare and do offer mm. um you know, integration sessions after they've used the, the medicine that I'm left, my, my job is made a lot more harder because I have to rewrite or unravel the damage that they already had themselves. Plus the damage that's already been put on top of them from the big companies before I can get anywhere near helping them, you know, implement a real change long-term. Um, But yeah, I couldn't agree. I I completely agree there. You know, the integration process is is one of the under most underlooked parts of the process when you're working with these medicines, you know.
0: What do you mean by integration for people who who aren't aware?
1: So integrate the integration process would basically be, you know, say for example, you done a, a six hour trip. You, know, you took the medicine, you had somebody to sit the trip with you, they, they looked after you the whole time you were there, if you're lucky. Um, some, in some cases, people just hand them the, the mushrooms and say, there you go, you know, good luck to lucky." Now, what happens then if you're on a six-hour trip and you see, say, for example, a pink fish jumps out of this green lake, uh, is swallowed in by this blue toad, and an orange lion then jumps out of the toad's mouth. Mm. You know, to anybody who has no idea what they're working with, they're going to be looking at that. Be like, ah, I was good crack. Yeah, I seen some fucked up shit. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Um, but I have no idea what the fuck it means. And I it was good crack and all, but they're, these things they're not they're not for me. Mm. Whereas. Somebody who knows them, the medicine and knows how to work with them, for example, if somebody was to come to me and say say all that, I'd be looking at it being like, right, okay. Pink fish, right? Pink is the uh, color for the, you know, the pine- can be related to the color of the pineal gland chakra. Pink, and they go. Blue frog. Blue is the, the throat chakra. Um, the green lake. The green is the heart chakra. And the orange. The orange is the sacral chakra. So automatically I can make complete sense of what they've Mm. just seen. I, there's nothing to do with maybe some other hidden meanings behind the actual animals themselves, but straight off the bat, I'm looking at that thinking, right, okay, there's four chakras there. that the the medicine has told you that are completely out of balance. Mm. Now what we've got to do is look under these chakras. How do we balance these? The, the throat chakra, for example, could be voicing how you feel a wee bit more you know, expressing your feelings to your friends, your family, your loved ones, whatever. Your heart chakra could be, yeah, you got to open up. You know, you got to accept the fact that you, you you are worthy of being loved and give love to people. Um, you know, these are just examples, but you can kind of see then the integration process happening. So somebody who hasn't got the integration process will believe in that trap thinking, hey, I seen some fucked up shit. It was cool. It was really good they see don't know what it means though, mm. but somebody else who has the integration process will probably say, I have seen some pretty cool shit and I also know exactly what they mean in my life and how I, I know I integrate what I've seen and in my life in order to make my life and my quality of life a lot more better. Mm. You know, so you have the help and the guidance there after the, the ceremony. Um, to, to kind of guide you and, and use that and use those techniques and tools and messages that you've seen how do you apply them to your to your everyday life in order to implement real long-term change and that's where you get the real long-term transformation and changes from the integration period from the care afterwards
0: mm. yeah i think like i think when it comes to things like that with people as well like you probably found it as well. And I find out my coaching. Like my coaching is a min- minimum, like you ha- it's a minimum of six months, mm-hmm. right? It's like, and I don't send up people on it unless it's six months. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I do that is if you walk 10 miles into the woods, it takes 10 miles to walk back. Yeah. Out, and it takes a while to change. And obviously like I only work with select, select kind of group of people. Like it's more so say, like very busy professionals, like somebody's nine to five, like, a, you know, business developer, engineers, kind of like people who are kind of like driven towards like right, like, they know they have to work hard to get the career, they need to work hard for their body to change. Do you get me? Yeah, yeah. Like, like basically like long-term thinkers. Mm-hmm. And I think th- some people listen to this now and go, what? Well, so I need to do it. And then I need to have like a catch up once a week, every couple of weeks. Like, oh fuck, that's a lot of work like mm. but I think then the people who are like, you know what, I'm willing to put in the work. I'm willing to, you know, actually just commit to getting like it's not counseling afterwards, but I suppose getting the What's the word you call it? Like, it's not the integration, but you know, you have sessions afterwards. Just yeah, to the aftercare. Ch- oh, the aftercare. Sorry, yeah, the aftercare. I think then when people have that as well, in any aspect of their life, like not even just this, like, but you know, like some aftercare and like how they're getting on. Like I find when I have coaches in my life, like mentors mm-hmm. to say what you're doing. I feel like, right, somebody's believing me. I believe in myself. And I think that's what a lot of people are lacking in life. Yeah. And I think that's, I think having that aspect to it when people are are thinking about doing it, it will be a game changer to them actually change in long term if you get me like yeah because we were saying before the podcast before we started about action steps and it's great like i like i said earlier on the mushrooms is like the key you unlock it mm-hmm. then you see the shit but if you see the shit and you don't know what the shit is it could probably you could probably make it worse to be honest yeah and if you don't take the action steps you don't take responsibility to change then that's where you're going to fall behind. And mm-hmm. I think fuck all people take responsibility for own, their own life. And this, this is like a start to allow that to happen.
1: 100%. I mean, I couldn't have said it better there. They force you to take accountability of your own life. Mm. They force you to look in the mirror and see what's looking back at you. They force you to look at the problems that you're causing um, and implement change. You know, then that day, you know, majority of people that's going to be working with this kind of medicine is going to be adults. And if Mm. if we're an adult and we can't be held accountable for our own actions and our own behaviors, then we're not an adult. We're still a child trapped in an adult's body. Absolutely, man. You know, um, but, um, it's, it's, it's insane. I mean, I, I started this journey, um, working with with mushrooms about six or seven years ago you know as i said the last time on the podcast i've done a lot of research and i continue to do research and so mm-hmm. this isn't the, the case where i've done i'm like oh, yeah, i had done six weeks re- six years research i'm good now you know mm-hmm. i continue to build on it constantly i've, I've literally just finished um a two-day long course um on psychedelics and therapy and how they can be used and one of the two of the speakers actually one of the guys was Dick Schwartz. And the second guy was uh Gabor Mati, um, two incredible people. Um, if nobody's heard about them, I would highly suggest checking them out because they've done amazing work. Gabor he works with ayahuasca. Um, but Ah oh Jesus, I've lost my train of thought.
0: In terms of the aftercare. Stuff oh,
1: sorry. That. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So, sorry. Um what I was what I was trying to say there's yeah so yes I have done the six years research I still continue to do the research I still continue to put the work on it's now, ne- it's it's not going to stop for me but I wish I had have had somebody like me mm. 6 years ago when I started my own journey because when I I've seen some fucking scary shit um and I don't have anybody to turn to
0: mm. I
1: couldn't even turn to my mom who was a psychoanalyst for the trust because that time I felt you know, I can't go to you. You can't know that I'm I'm using mm. psilocybin. You know, um, or working with psilocybin. So yeah, I would have I would have paid any amount of money to have somebody in my position. They ask, you know, can you make sense of this? Because it, it, for the life of me, I cannot do this. And sometimes mm. you're left maybe a year and a half trying to work out this hidden message that you've just been shown. They are, in order to implement change, they you know make the steps. ...that you need in order to make your life better... ...you know, so you're talking a year and a half... ...which isn't really that quick... ...you know, it's a long, drawn-out process... ...sometimes you feel like you're going absolutely mental... ...so yes, for me... firsthand hand experience and integration... ...is probably one of the most, if not the most important part of the process... ...and having somebody like a mentor... ...or a coach, or a life coach, or whatever... ...you want to call them, to guide you through the process will make it go a hell of a lot more smoothly and a lot quicker.
0: Mm. Um yeah, like like I think I think is like just giving another example in my line of work. It's like if I give somebody a program, a nutrition plan, a training plan, but mm. I didn't check in with them, I didn't give them feedback, I didn't give them some guidance mm-hmm. if it is, if it wasn't their firm. Like that's like the basically same what you're doing. Yeah. And like if I just did that to them give gave a nutrition plan and training plan and that was it, they would make fuck all progress, man. Yeah. 19, like, I'm, I'm a coach the last couple of years. I always have a coach. I always have a business mentor. Things are going great, but I still need somebody there to guide me and educate me. Hmm. And when you have the process afterwards of somebody there to support you, that's me, like, like, said, that, like that's when you said, that's you makes fucking really, really good progress. But to, to go back to the taking accountability and responsibility because I think in this day and age you know people play the victim card and play play a playing game way too much in life uh, way too much in life far too much so like for question one why do you think people are like that just your opinion you're feeling it and question two then is how do people come out of that
1: so the first question would be why do i think that people do not take accountability for the actions and why they're Playing the blame game.
0: Yeah, instead so of pointing the finger at themselves, they point the finger at other people.
1: Yeah. That's a very good question, actually. Mm. Um I don't I can't really say for other people, um, but I can certainly talk from my own experience. Um <clears throat> So I would have been uh going back about ten years old now, you know, I would have been in that position, playing the blame game, not taking accountability, just kind of this is me, this is who I am, take me as I am kind of thing. No, that's balls.
0: Yeah, it is. It's you bullshit, know. man.
1: It's absolute bullshit. If you're not an adult, you can't step up to the plate and say, ah, okay, actually, some of my behavior here is a wee bit toxic. I need to have a look at myself and implement change. You know, that's just height of laziness. Um, but for me, my own, from from where, where what I've learned about myself and come to understand about myself, those behavioral patterns... I would say, are probably generational. Mm. You know, when most people, they're probably generational behavioral patterns. So I'm not saying that your parents might have went on like this, you know, but what might have happened is, say, for example, you were from a young age, you didn't get the attention that you needed from your parents. Then as you got older, you would start to then feel like, okay, well, I have to, I have to people please here mm. in order to get, they feel valued in order to feel my worth. Um, and when you people, please, you expect everybody else to treat you the same way that you're treating everybody else. So you're holding everybody at such high expectations. Um, and when people don't meet those expectations because they're their own person, they're their hum- own human being, they have their own actions and they've got their own thoughts. Mm. When they don't meet your high level of expectations, you then start to feel unworthy or devalued, in which case you act out of a place of hurt or worry or fear that you're not worthy, you're not valued enough, and then the blame game starts coming on. You're not doing this in order to make me feel like this, you know. So, in my opinion, it stems from generational behavioural patterns, how you were treated as a kid. And I'm not saying that you were abused or I'm not saying that you were, you know, whether it's mentally, physically Mm. or whatever. And I'm not saying that your parents are assholes. I'm just saying that our parents can only learn from their parents and their parents can only learn from their parents. So if the pattern isn't broken, that behavioral pattern, that cycle will continue until somebody in the family notices that something is wrong here Mm takes accountability for the actions themselves and looks on them and says, right, okay, there's something wrong here. Let's figure out the root cause, where it came from, and let's break it. And then let's educate my your parents and everybody else in your family and everybody else around you, you know, what it's like to be held accountable. What it's like to be hold your own your own be held accountable for your own thoughts and actions and words or whatever. So they cut the Answer the question briefly. I believe that it comes, it stems down to generational behavioral patterns and, and it's, order, it's about breaking those patterns. Mm. Um, What was the second question again?
0: How do people get out of it? So like, I know, like, I know for yourself, like, actually, you, you give your example a lot, but mm. like, I feel like what I feel was for anyone who, did, whoever, who for anyone who didn't listen to the last podcast, um, with myself and Dee. If you haven't, go back and listen to it because this is like an extension of it. Um, but for myself, with the mushrooms, it's a key. And then you have to go on the journey, basically. Mm-hmm. And it's up to you how far you want to go. And I was like, right, let's fucking go. And yeah. basically, I came across, like, I wasn't baby Dara, let's say five-year-old Dara, And I had to tell him I love him because obviously Dee put in, I, I needed to hear that from myself. like, And then mm-hmm. he kind of evaporated. And I was like, ah, oh, that's all I need to do. And like... That was kind of like, right, for me, I goes right, I need to stop fucking taking myself so seriously and just relax a bit, like, and that was kind of like the step for me. I was like, okay, right. And that was how I was able to deal with it in terms, like, so that was like my realization from the mushrooms and stuff. So I'm just kind of curious then how, like, you feel for yourself for one, but how do you feel like the mushrooms can help people kind of overcome, say, their victim mentality?
1: So... Yeah, how I feel that the mushrooms can overcome the victim mentality is, as I was saying before, you know, when you're when you look at when you look at these these parts of your life, you know, the aspects of your life, like the toxic behavioral patterns. Um, when you look at these without the use of uh, mushrooms or any other psychedelic, for that matter, you're looking at them from a place a place of fear or worry. Or you're kind of holding back. You don't really want to open that door, but you know that you have to in order to make progress. So, if you're coming at it from a point of fear, you're still not fully embracing it. You're still mm. not fully fully accepting it, and you have to fully accept it because it is it's part of you. You know you can't you can't have darkness without light, and you can't have light without darkness. You have to fully accept it. Now, when mushrooms, when you when you When you work with mushrooms, they will still show you these toxic behavioral patterns. They will still show you what things that you need to change, the things behind the door that you're afraid to open. But when you're on mushrooms or you're working with any other type of psychedelic, they give you the strength and the courage to open that door and embrace whatever comes at you with love. Hmm. So it you're you're going on it from a complete different state of mind. You're going on it with a more calm in mind rather than a rather than an agitated or anxious mind. As they oh Jesus, what's behind that door? You're going on thinking right, okay, show me what's behind the door. Bring it on, I've got this, and I will embrace it fully. Mm. Um, like uh, an example would be uh, I was watching one a le- lecture there on Dick Schwartz, and he was he showed us um. A, a very quick club. 10 on a club about um, an Iraqi veteran, who was a gu- He was a gunner on the back of a turret, or of a, a, gu- a gun. Tur- a turret gunner on the top of a, you know, a big Humvee in mm. Iraq. They end up developing PTSD and, and the rest they're out of it when he came back home, and he played the club. Then when the guy went on the MDMA assisted psychotherapy session, and uh, within ten minutes the guy. Went to that dark part of his brain that he had you know, suppressed. It was, I think it was anger and rage that mm. he, he left there. And the way he described it was that he put anger and rage in a prison cell and he locked this person in the prison cell. And it was himself. Mm. And when he went, anytime that he went and seen himself, himself was staring back at him with red glowing eyes but when he was on MDMA, you know, so even whenever that thought alone is terrifying, you're Mm. thinking that you're going to see yourself with red glowing eyes. So of course you're not going to even want to go near that part of the brain where you've locked that person away. Um, but what the MDMA done was it allowed him to go to that part of part of the brain that he had locked the anger and the rage away. in, and, Made him look at it from a place of love, and he says straight away that the red glowing eyes disappeared. He opened the prison cell gate, went under the cell and hugged the anger and rage. Yeah. And straight away the eyes just stopped glowing red and just looked back at him, and it was him looking back at himself. And then he went on. They described what happened next was that himself and this rage that he had locked away started taking down the prison cell together. So he was fully embracing this rage and anger in his life, knowing that if balanced, is completely healthy. You know, because what happens if somebody on the street is coming up to you and getting really aggressive and really in your face and whatever, and you don't have those rage and anger emotions, you've got them trapped away. Mm. That person's going to railroad all over you. But with balance, if that person is coming at you, you let that rage and that anger and that beast out. And you, you basically say say to the, whoever it is, you know, back off here. Mm. Leave me alone.
0: Which is healthy. That's fucking, man. That's deep. Yeah. Fuck. I'm just thinking, I, I'm thinking that like, and I'm putting it, like, not a realization for myself, like, but like, so many people are too nice. Yeah. And they get stood on so easily. They get into relationships with fucking cunts. My apologies for saying the word cunt, but it's a good word.
1: Yeah, yeah. People <laughs> but it is, man. Yeah. Sometimes it just needs to be said. Yeah,
0: and uh, no, nah, I always swear people know that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, man, yeah, fucking hell. Like, that reminds me of myself because I remember mean, I mean, before, geez, this is, how old am I now? 27. I was 21. Mm. And fucking gone in a relationship with this fucking narcissistic woman. Like, and I was so nice. Like, like I was like, I, I didn't overcome my people pleasing stage in my life at that stage. I was very insecure um, and very like like easily influenced like mm. very e- easily influenced. And I remember then like there were so many times I just refused to just be a man like and just just show some aggression like and mm. stuff for like that. And I, I kept it within myself and I just got bullied for months. Like it was weird as fuck, like and so many people are like that, man. So many yeah. people are like that.
1: Hundred percent. Like I was like that myself. Mm. Um, and I can completely resonate with you. I'm guessing that the person that you were in a relationship with probably made you feel like anger and aggression and rage was a bad thing, mm. that you weren't allowed to show these, that you had to suppress them, which is complete bullshit. Yeah. You know, they're healthy they're healthy emotions. And the way that I see it is emotion is energy in motion. So unless you're unless you're actually letting that energy out, you're suppressing it, then it's gonna turn it's gonna stay in your body as energy. As emotions and manifest onto something a lot more dangerous. So if you're holding on to rage, anger, whatever, and you're not letting that out, you're not expressing those healthy, it's going to stay in your body and manifest onto something like anxiety, depression, PTSD, trauma, whatever. Fuck,
0: man, that's deep, that is. Yeah. That's fucking very deep, Jesus Christ. And like that's what I think, that's what I'm liking about the last podcast, and this podcast, man, Um, is like when you explain, like, You've explained it very well i don't think i would may explain that because obviously you have more experience with it and you help people with it but i still think right like people are hearing right i'm in a toxic relationship why i'm in a toxic relationship is because people don't love myself like my example was when i took the mushrooms now i am not in like of course I'm not in any bad relationships or friendships mm. i'm blessed that way mm-hmm. but years ago i, w- I was get me i had to do a bit of work but like i had to just love young dara and tell him like i'm proud of him basically or mm. show him that i'm a man today basically and that's what i saw but like i still feel some people like right here's what needs to be done if you mm. go do the work it can be done and i still think people are just fearful of geez i'm afraid to deal with my shit mm. and you know like, it's trying to get the balance there like what is somebody earlier on like h- how do you get somebody from like just being scared shitless of figuring out their own shit. For me, like, I love figuring out what's fucked up with me. I love it. Mm. Like, I'm, I'm obsessed with it because it makes me a better person. <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm, I'm exactly the same. Well,
0: some are people like, like, I, I spoke to some of my friends and I, I explained to them, like, like obviously, it has been life-changing. Like I said, like, it's literally changed my life in ways. That, and I explained to them, that, like, fuck, like, I, I just don't want to go down that rabbit hole it myself. Mm. And like, obviously, it's their own decision. But I wonder how you get people to go from being fearful of, like, feeling short-term pain before long-term happiness it's probably the best way to explain it i think
1: yeah well i mean the the key word there that you just mentioned from from in my opinion is fear Mm. you know it's the same way we talked about in the last podcast about how do you get people to stop fear mushrooms Mm. educate yourself on it yeah exactly educate yourself on yourself why do you feel like this why are you afraid you know get curious with it um and I mean, at the end of the day, if somebody's going to turn around and say, you know, I want to be a better person, but I'm not willing to do put the work, on then you're going to stay that same person. You're not. You're never going to change. Yeah. You know, so rather than fearing it, get curious with it, and say, first and foremost, what you get, what you got to learn how to do is forgive yourself, because if you're if you're if you're going to start looking deep within yourself you're going to see a lot of fucking problems within yourself um, they're going to come to the surface and these are things that you have to deal with you can't put these onto anybody else so yes you know if you've got nobody else to blame but yourself then it's going to be scary shit but it's not about blaming yourself it's about looking at it understanding that you had no idea what you were doing mm. and then forgive yourself and move on that way full of love rather than looking at it from a point of fear, you know, if that, if that makes any
0: sense. No, absolutely, man. Absolutely. And I think like it's a, it's a tough one, man. Cause it's so easy for me to say, um, like I'm obsessed with self growth and just like within myself, like, mm. and like, obviously you have to be empathetic towards other people. Cause some of the people just don't give a fuck. They're mm. just happy enough. Just kind of going through life. And like, if that, if that's what they're happy with, all means go for it Mm. but i'm sure the people tuning into the podcast are interested into this like like i'm not imagining some random person's going geez i might see what the two boys are talking about some mushrooms if they're not not interested i don't think that um so like we're saying like what would be the first action step for somebody who's who knows they're fucked up And I mean that nicely as possible. We're all fucked up. It's great. Yeah, we
1: fucking are. It makes the world an interesting place.
0: Exactly. It makes us interesting people. I love talking to fucked up people because they have an interesting story. I have great conversations. We're having a great conversation. It's fun. But for somebody who knows, like, let's take me, for example, say four years ago. How am I now? 27. Yeah, but four years ago. I knew, right, I need to deal with my fucked upness basically, <laughs> and I have to do something about it. And for me, <laughs> I love the way you put that. Yeah. <laughs> my fucked upness. And for me, like, i done counseling. Actually, it really, really helps now, to be fair, man. And um, I just had to do some, like, obviously internal work and just journaling and things like that. Yeah. What, for somebody who's like, right, I need to improve myself, I need to deal with my fucked upness, what's the first action step for them to take? Cause that's probably a question people are thinking, like, this sounds great, but what the fuck do I do?
1: Well, you if you're already having that thought, you've already taken the first action step. Oh, mic drop. <laughs> because anybody who looks at themselves in the mirror knows they're fucked up but doesn't want to do anything about it as a complete psychopath, in my opinion. Mm. You know, because what a psychopath actually is, is that as long as it's not doing themselves any direct harm, danger, whatever it may be, they don't give a fuck. Mm. So if you're looking at yourself and you're you're looking in the mirror and thinking, yeah, there's some fucked up shit here. I need to deal with this. How do I do it? You've already made the first step because a narcissist and a psychopath wouldn't have those thoughts about changing themselves. Mm -hmm. The second step of action, what I would suggest is look at how you want to, Look look at the path that you want to go down, whether that's CBT therapy, whether that's, counseling whether it's going and seeing a psychologist whether it is going on antidepressants whatever it may be um or whether it's going and finding yourself a mentor life coach shaman whatever you want to work with find somebody who's already done it and ask them for help Mm. because there's no point in you having these realizations about yourself and then go into your friends and family who's never done anything. They changed their life for the way that they behave and ask them here, what do you think about this? Because all they're going to do is say, no, you're fucking mad. Yeah. That's opening a whole can of worms there. Don't do that. And they're going to put you off the idea.
0: Asking family for advice, man, is the worst thing to do. Yeah. It really is, man. Because even 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 right if they're they're supportive towards you. Like my mother's very supportive. Like I love my mother. Yeah, um, she's she she mine. love But to like us. she's... um she's like your mother and will naturally just want to protect you like mm. and just say like no like she, they don't want to put you into a, a position where you potentially hurt yourself mm-hmm. um so yeah like for yeah family just no no man like i i remember when i set up my business first mm. told my parents told my friends everything like and or no sorry when i not when i set my business when i decided to leave my job mm. so i didn't have a business at this age and everybody except two people taught me i'm fucking nuts and one of them was a business owner. <laughs> anyway, hint, hint, go to somebody like D said who has done something something you've done already. And one of them was uh, one of my best friends, Damien. Mm-hmm. Everyone else said, I'm fucking bonkers, basically. And yeah, so yeah, just so, sorry for kind of obviously cutting in the middle of your day, no, but no, yeah, that's a big one there, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, oh, you're fine. That's um, it's, it's great that you actually added on to that as well too, but I, th- I think that would be one of the best steps that you could take. You know, um, it took me a long time to figure it out. Um, obviously, you know I'm fucked up myself. You know, um, it's only from the past six odd years that I started really looking at myself and changing and transforming my life. Um, but yeah, um, I mean, before that, I went to the, the the people in my life that I thought that you went to. You know, my mom. Mm. You know, my mom's my mom. Everybody fucking loves their mom. Everybody loves their parents but she was also a psychoanalyst for the trust for 25 years. So I thought if I'm fucked up, there's nobody, per- no, be- no better person to go to here than my own mum, who mm-hmm. works in this field. Who's a professional in it. Who can advise me who to go and speak to. So yeah, I went to her was put on to see C- her uh, countless amount of CBT cognitive behavioral therapists. Um, and I'm not saying again, f- uh, in the last podcast, I'm not saying that it doesn't work for me. It just doesn't work because at that time in my life, I was only 15. I didn't even know the path that I wanted to go down. Mm. I didn't even know the path that I needed to go down. I was just went and asked for help and was put on this path, which is the mainstream path. Now, that doesn't work for me, in which case left me worse because after going through years of CBT therapy to the people that my mum had recommended from working with them in and, and her line of work, and it doesn't work. I was left at a point in my life being like, you know, what do I do now? Mm. I went to the person I trusted the most, who's got the most experience that I know, and it still doesn't work. What do I do? Am I gonna to have to love my the rest of my life? Is this the quality of my life for the rest of my life? You know, I didn't know. Um and it was only, I'm not even gonna say coincidence, because working with psychedelics, you understand that there's no such thing as coincidences, but synchronicities led me to an old childhood friend that sparked my interest and information in working with these. So again, like you did, I went to somebody who had already done it, asked them for their advice, and six years later, here I am on a podcast with you. Mm. You know, um, So yeah, going to somebody who's already done it and asking them is is probably the best second step that you could take.
0: Yeah, I think I think it's important for a lot of people as well man to realize that like you said there like just like you can't have light without dark and you can't have dark without lightness or light I should say. Mm. And I think people feel right like especially like when somebody doesn't believe in you or you don't have support man because we're social animals basically. Mm. It kills you. Otters. And I feel like obviously like a lot of people aren't showing proper love and appreciation throughout their life and they realize this is just it. Where mm-hmm. realistically it's not. It's just your car. it's just your current circumstance has led you to this path, mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately. And like I think what D's going at there as well, like or what we're gonna later on, people looking for boom, short-term change. Yeah. But what D explained there was a six-year journey. And this is just kind of like like level two Ds at or level three, you know, mm. like you, you 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 done the process, you're working on it now. You're building yeah. um, a platform to help people, I suppose. And yeah. then another level to come on top of that. And I think like I think it's realizing right, one, take responsibility, get your head out your ass, <laughs> fucking like take control of your life. And the second one is um, when you start taking action steps and realizing right, I can do this. Not in a week's time, not in a month's time, not even a fucking... You will obviously see difference in a year, don't get me wrong. But, you know, one, three, five years' time, and you're like, fuck me. You look back... Like, when I look back to me a year ago, I wet myself laughing. I go, fuck mm. me. I was a cringy bastard, like. Mm. And it's a good thing to be like that. Like, yeah. if, if you're not cringing at yourself a year or two years ago, you're doing something wrong in your personal <laughs> right. development. And things just realize just realizing, right, I am fucked up, but I can get better. Mm. And I think I heard David Goggins say this years ago, man. Like this, he maybe ran a marathon. Like, probably not the best example to give, but mm. um, he said everyone's fucked up. It's just some people are better at hiding it than others, mm. and that stuck with me. Like, I heard that about five years ago, and I mean, I say it all the time. I think we realise, right, you're fucked up. I'm fucked up. Uh, we're all fucked up. It's okay. It's normal. I think it's just normalising your weirdness. Yeah, and, be, and accepting it and using it as fuel rather than fucking negative energy.
1: Yeah. Um. What I would say, just touching on that very quickly, is. It's a very good analogy. We're all fucked up, but some people are a lot better off hiding it than others. Um, I would, say, I would even start if you're really looking. They make a a a dramatic start and implement real change as quick as you possibly can. Be careful about the words that you're saying.
0: mm Hundred percent agree. So with So
1: rather than thinking to yourself, "I'm fucked up, something wrong with me," mm. you know, think to yourself, "I'm healing."
0: Yeah. I, I absolutely agree with that man
1: i'm healing everybody else around me is healing from something in their life mm. so it's okay we'll all heal together mm. and it takes the negative spin on being fucked up in yeah a
0: way. especially what you're saying i am like like the words come after that you, you, i'm so, in the gym i work in and with my own clients i'm so like i'm so i'm on their ass if it's i am or something negative like because it, the story you tell yourself is like if you keep telling yourself a story it's going to come into re- re- fruition mm-hmm. so obviously like 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 when i use the words fucked up it the my like the my meaning behind it is different to what somebody else might be using it yeah like i'm using it as a bit of, a bit of humor and goes ah this is fun we're all thing, but someone else goes geez i'm fucked up there's something wrong with me yeah so yeah i suppose yeah you have to be careful with obviously your meaning behind it like i am like, I'm never going to be loved. I'm not good enough. Instead of like, you know what? I can be loved or I deserve to be loved. And that could just be the first step to you actually accepting yourself and loving yourself. So yeah, mm-hmm. I, I 100% agree with that, man. Self-talk is so fucking important.
1: So important. And it's funny that you say there about um, you know, talking to yourself and saying, I am I am loved. You know, I'm, mm. I'm worthy of love or whatever. You know, <clears throat> and just going back to the, what you said earlier as well too, about you had a conversation with yourself. I actually had the same. Um let's say about three months ago now, four months ago, I just had, uh, it was almost like it was light bulb after light bulb after light bulb after light bulb of other things that I still needed to work on about myself that I hadn't healed from since I was 14, probably younger Mm. that were caused by my first serious relationship. Mm. Um, when I was 14, 15, 16. Um and yeah, I once I had those light bulb moments and realization moments going off in my head, I understood, right, okay, there's there's the problem. I'm the problem here. Now I can either shy away from it or I can face it and implement real change. Um no, yeah, the way I seen it is I had I had two options, two outcomes here. I could run away from it and just say, This is me, accept me for who I am. <laughs> Right, in which case I was losing my girlfriend. Mm. I was also losing the family that I have, mm. you know, um, because eventually, if I had kept going down that toxic behavioural pattern, I would have pushed them away, mm. and I would have had nobody else to blame but myself. Mm. Instead, what I done was I took a look at myself and says, "Right, okay, you be shit, you fucked up here, you gotta fix it, mm. implement the change in your life in order to make a you know a better quality of living." In order to save the relationship, in order to save your, you know, your family, um, I'm not saying it as a fucking massive dramatic thing here, you know, but those are the two steps that I, the two paths that I could see, two outcomes that I could see happening. So what I done was, um, once I seen the light, the light bulbs, um, again, you can't have darkness without light, you can't have light without darkness, you know. Mm. I didn't know there was darkness there until the light was shone on it. Mm. Um. But as soon as it was, I had the option, do I change it or do I stick with it we already know? So I made a decision to change it. Um, and how I done that was I, before I went to sleep one night, I, before I went, uh, before I drifted off to sleep, I sat and had a conversation. I went deep within myself um, and I approached my 15-year-old self, imagined all the surroundings or my, I, 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 I I could see it clear as day whereabouts I was and where I was was, it would have been on the path, the path that I would have taken to walk my girlfriend at the time home. And I stopped him. I looked at him. I shook him. I said, you know, you are so capable of being loved here. You are so worthy of being loved. And this is why I had to explain to him, I had to tell him what he needed to hear from an adult, from somebody at that time. And what I said was, you know, you're so capable of being loved because you've got all this light with inside you. You know, your girlfriend, her mom, her sister, her granny, all were coming at you, telling you that you were a piece of shit. That you were incapable of being loved, you were not worthy of anything. You were not worth any more than the shit in the bottom of their shoe. These are quotes. They
0: yeah, were telling you that.
1: Yeah, and these are adults telling a fifteen-year-old wee boy this. You know, they knew the difference, but they kept on with their toxic behavioural patterns, which then had an implement had an impact on me at that time growing up then thinking and believing these words that I am not worthy of love. I'm not worthy of shit. I will never amount to anything, whatever, you know? So I had to stop him and say, look, you know, even though you're being told all these negative shit things from these herpes who know what they're doing, you've still got nothing but light inside of you that you just want to show everybody love you want to give everybody the benefit of the doubt and you want to trust everybody because until they do something wrong on you why would you not trust them why would you not love them why you know so this is who you are at your core this is your being so you have every right to be loved now i went on that uh, that scenario in my head, understanding I was going to go and see my younger self and talk to him and tell him the things that I that he needed to hear. What I did not, what I did not expect to happen was that he spoke back to me, mm. and what he said was every single thing that you've just told me there now. The fact that you've just said that I've got nothing but light inside me, that if I have nothing but love inside me, and I have nothing but trust and whatever, and I I give everybody the benefit of the doubt. That is also inside you. That is the reason why so many people in your life love you for who you are. And in that moment, when I when I heard him say that, I just broke out in tears because it was the first time that I have ever heard that mm. from somebody. Even though it was imaginative, you know, it, it really it, it had home. It had mm. home.
0: Jesus man, that's like fucking What's that film? Oh. Oh, what's the one within the dream within the dream? What's
1: Inception. That...
0: But that's like Inception times ten. Like that is. Yeah. That's fucking deep work. That is holy fuck. I thought when I fucking gave Mini Dara a hug, like and told my mm. loves him, like, but like you, you're of that like you spoke back to you and told you what you needed to hear, not what you needed to tell him what he needed to hear. That's yeah. fucking like, yeah. That's a fucking plot twist in a half. That is. <laughs> right. Uh, that's fucking class man that's unreal that's awesome
1: yeah I don't I don't expect that they help myself mm. like, you know I, as you said I expect that they go on give him a hug tell him what he needed mm. to hear I don't expect come yeah, to yeah, yeah. tell me what I needed to hear
0: yeah that's fucking cheese, man that's awesome that is like I think too uh, like like the, uh, the, I think the, con- like the conversation obviously is, is getting deeper so we're going along but I think re- like for people to realise is when you put in the work and as Dee says like give myself like like I will do it more times in the future. Like, it, it, like I look at it as like a supplement to improve my life once in a while, like basically mm-hmm. from, for myself to, like, that's my own opinion on it. And I think the more work you do, you know, like it's like, it's like building a business or building a body yourself. something, you know, you, you keep tipping away, mm-hmm. you, you knock down a few walls, you climb over a few walls, you get better and yeah. whatever. And I think this is the same too, which you're probably never going to figure out everything that's wrong with you. No. and you're probably not never going to heal from everything, but th- that doesn't mean you can't start making positive changes. Like for me, like I feel I feel since I took the mushrooms started a year, I've kind of I-, I transformed from a boy into a man. Mm-hmm. Like like my responsibility is now like right. I want to build a family. I want to. I'm a provider. I'm a man. You know, I'm a person who's making an impact on people's lives. Where before I was just kind of going with the flow like, and yeah. now now like I'm stepping the role as like right. I'm Darry Gibbs, a man now, not a boy. And for me then like because I like I've been tipping away and getting better and slowly progressing, like if I wasn't laying down block after block after block for an extended period of time, mm-hmm. I would never get to this stage. And I think people are kind of afraid to start laying the first block because like I may not have all the answers or understand all the answers, but the like what was that, three months ago you said? Yeah, but well, three was. months ago, yeah. Like that's a fucking massive transformation for yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's gonna and for me then Go back to the becoming a man, part and be a fighter. I now take responsibility for my own actions. But by me getting better, the people in my life get better. Mm -hmm. And I don't know when that when I when that came when that realization came about. But I think when you put the people you love ahead of yourself, not in a toxic way that you know you're going to fuck up your own energy, but in a way that right, if I keep improving as a person, I get to be a better person for them. Mm -hmm. They get the best version of myself. And I think that's some serious energy. Remember we're saying what step to take or why people are fearful. I think when you take your energy or your reason why away from improving you, if you take a reason from, I want to improve myself to become a better person for my wife or whoever, I think that's fucking really deep energy because that's my motive at the minute, man, With everything I do is around Gemma and my life and my fa- like the, my future family like that. Yeah. This is all my energy towards this. This mm-hmm. is why I do everything I do like.
1: Yeah, no, ab- absolutely. Um, completely agree with you on that one. That's actually what... what led me to start my own journey was mm. how do I become the best version of myself for myself. Mm. Um and it made it forced me to actually have have a look at myself. Um what I had what I had found as well too um just going back to the blame game mm. when you are when you when you become more comfortable at looking at yourself and taking accountability for your actions and things like that. I don't know what it is, but you almost feel like you're, you're. It's a wee bit more comfortable to hold other people accountable for their actions because if I wasn't going to make the changes or implement the changes in my life, um, and hope being be held accountable for my own actions, but I was running around telling everybody else where they were going wrong. that yeah. that make me a hypocrite, you know. But if I'm starting with myself and I'm implementing change and accountability in my own life. Then I have every right to hold an older adult accountable for their shit behavioural patterns without it being a blame game. Mm. You know? Because if that other adult is also putting the work in and being held accountable, if you're going to them and saying, No, not as an attack, but just saying, Here, you know what? You don't know it's about fucked up. Mm. You know, can you not see that? Rather than them thinking coming at you as an attack, they'll be thinking, all right, okay, I suppose it was a wee bit out of the blue or a wee bit out or no wrong or whatever it may, whatever it was, thanks for pointing it out. I'll I'll, I'll implement the change in order so that it doesn't happen again or mm. whatever it may be. So the blame game, as soon as two people are, start taking accountability for their actions, the blame game starts to disappear mm. and it just becomes a conversation.
0: Yeah, the, like, a, like a, I find that, man, obviously like, you know for past relationships, I and know and for myself from past relationships Mm. when you do that man like a relationship is supposed to your partnership Mm. It's two people fucking laying a brick together and building a future together and so many people so many people are fucking in bad relationships man it's fucking like like it's actually like not to go down fucking a different route like but like the the traditional way you know like like because like just like like Women, wor- not women working more, but you know, like you see a lot of like the feminist movement saying like, we don't need men. Mm. And then men are saying, like women are saying men are trash wh- and men are saying women are all the same. You know, like it's just that thing. And I was like, no, you have to, you have, to, you have it the wrong way around. Yeah. You're, you're the issue. Yeah, exactly. You're the issue here. Like. like men saying women are fucking this and women saying this and that was, no, you're actually the issue. You're you're attracting these people into your life. Maybe you should take responsibility. It goes to, why are you attracting these bad people into your life? Because that's Mm -hmm. what I had to do. I remember I was on a few dates years ago, and I was in a relationship, a short-term relationship. Was like, And I realized, right, I am the issue. I am attracting these bad people. I need to sort my shit out. And and then I find in relationships, when other people are people pleasers, and they have unrealistic expectations of, of the other person, they have bad communication and they blame each other for things rather than actually like, to, like fair enough, if someone says something to you, like if Gemma says something to me and I'm in the wrong, it will annoy me for that split second, but I will accept it. It goes, you know what? Or maybe the next day, it goes, you know what? I apologize. It will work on that. And then when you do that, man, like I do that with my best friends as well. Like we're, we're, we're friends over 10 years mm-hmm. now. And I find when you're doing that, and you're slowly like just getting better, getting better. You're improving yourself and the relationship gets better. And then instead of it being like, like most relationships, blame this, blame this. And then before you know it's three years later, and it's this some cost fallacy, I think that's how you say it, where people invest so much time into something. Mm. And even though they hate it, they're staying in it because they infested so much time into it. And it's like, um, if you put a frog into boiling water, he'll jump out or she'll jump out. But if you put it into cold water and slowly boil it, it'll die. Mm. I think that's what so many people are stuck within. I think that's when you play the blame game, you're slowly just fucking your life up. Yeah. And when you take responsibility, then you can see, all oh, right, I can get better and things will get better. Yeah,
1: it's absolutely. I mean, and that, that's what brings it back to the start of the conversation mm. where the change and the transformation starts yeah. within you, you know, in all aspects of your life. Um, there's no such thing as quick fixes, whether it's for your relationship, whether it's for your mental health, whether it's for your physical health, whether it's for your dietary requirements, whatever it may be, there is no quick fix. Um, and the sooner the people start accepting that and put the work in, then the quicker they'll actually fix the problems. Mm. You know, we play on words there for you folks. Um, but it's it's so true. You know, um, that's what I love about, about myself and molly is that Mm. if we have a disagreement i you know it can get heated sometimes it's never a case of normal man like you said
0: rage and anger and stuff like that. the normal emotion type doesn't mean you have to fucking overcome you
1: exactly you don't have to suppress them you Mm. know you and again that you don't have to overcome you Mm. you're allowed to feel angry you're allowed to feel hurt but it's how you react to those emotions is what's going to make you who you are Mm. um but, yeah, that's what—that's one of the things I love about myself and Molly as well, too, is that, you know, a- any disagreement that we have, it's a learning curve. It's mm-hmm. a learning curve either about each other or ourselves or whatever. And it's always like, like exactly that, you know, how do I improve? If, say, for example, Molly was coming to, me and, coming to me and saying that something had bothered her, upset her, whatever, I wouldn't be thinking it. Oh, she's trying to fucking control me. She's yeah, trying yeah. to control this relationship. She's the fucking problem, blah, 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 blah. Where usually people are, I would be looking at her and be like, "Right, okay, it's not her versus me here. It's me and her versus a relationship. If she's not happy about something that I'm doing, it means that she's not happy in this relationship. Therefore, the only person who's got control here to change that and change how she feels is me. Mm. And if I'm not going to implement those changes in order to make her feel a lot more happier and secure, or whatever in the
0: relationship, then that just means that I'm a dick." Mm. Plain and simple. Yeah, exactly, man. Hundred percent agree with you there. Hundred percent agree with you there. Um, yeah, like I want like before we finish the podcast, I want to ask you about microdosing. Yeah. But like, like just to kind of like the because I went from mushrooms to having a half an hour of just deep conversation.
1: Hi <laughs> <Aye, aye>. hi. <laughs> Literally yeah, we, like yeah.
0: Um, but yeah, just to summarize that, folks. Um, basically, take responsibility for your life. Stop playing the blame game. I mean, literally, your life will change. That's probably just the the easy summary of that, basically, in a sense. Um, but obviously we're talking mushrooms. The last podcast explained how it helps anxiety, depression. We're talking about there how it, it is the first step potentially or the the key to unlocking your inner demons and dealing with your shit. Yeah. How uh, uh, explain microdosing basically because sure. that's that's coming for, I think since Joe Rogan almost got cancelled because he spoke about what did he do and he said he microdosed the whole time right okay uh, well well, that's where I first got it anyway yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but obviously Joe Rogan's like the most famous podcast on the planet so yeah. millions of people would have heard this so th- yeah. that's why I wanted to ask you about
1: so yeah, um, it's something that I'm starting to see it become a lot more popular as well. Too is the question of microdosing. Um, what is it? How does it work? Um, things like that. You know, I've had somebody that reached out to me there a couple of days ago on Instagram, and they're asking, you know, have you got any information on turkey tail?" For those who don't know, turkey tail is just another um, wild edible mushroom that has got so many um, health benefits for the immune system and things like that. You know, it's completely legal. It's just an edible mushroom. Um, so I gave her the information on, on what turkey tail mushroom was. And the next question I got back was, is this microdosing? Um, so microdosing, what microdosing actually is, is it is smaller than your safe dose of psilocybin um, or any psychedelic, you know, whether it be MDMA, LSD, mescaline, or psilocybin. Um it's this it's a smaller than a safe dose of you know of what what it actually is. Now what a safe dose is in layman's terms is a safe dose is enough for you to see small changes visually and in all the other senses in your body. So for example, if you're out and out on a walk and you take a safe dose of psilocybin, what you will see is trees may start bending ever so slightly down towards trying to reach down towards the ground or the water the you'll notice all the different shades of every single color so if you look at the water the water will no longer be just be blue or it won't just be brown if you're looking at lox welly you will see browns you will see blacks you will see grays you will see purples you will see dark blues you will see dark greens you see all the contrasts of the colors that's your safe dose Mm. however even though it says safe it's still not safe enough to drive on mm. you can walk about you can have conversations but you don't be driving on it mm. your microdose is a tenth of between 10 and 20% of your safe dose um, so it's a very very low dose of psilocybin that doesn't have any direct um enhances to your senses at all you know you're not going to see trees bend you're not going to see all the different types of colors you're not you know you're not going to see all these mad hallucinations things like that what it does is it sharpens the mind focuses the mind makes you become a lot more creative um, relaxes the body it actually is used to treat and cure anxiety depression ptsd as well too but over a longer period Mm -hmm. of time it means that you can take your 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 microdose in the morning, get up, have your your coffee, your breakfast, your morning routine, and then drive to work and do a full mm-hmm. day of work. But what it does is because you're not going to feel these instantaneously. What you might find, maybe not after the first day, but definitely after the first four, after the fourth day, for example, four days, and what you'll find is you'll be looking, you you get you'll get up in the morning go about your morning routine, go on to work, finish whatever you are doing. work, go to the gym, come back from the gym, get your dinner sorted, feed the kids, whatever. You sit down then at night and you then will be able to reflect back on the day that you've just had and think, fuck, I don't feel stressed at all in the slightest. I have Mm. smashed this day without any feelings of stress Got completely creative with it. I actually really enjoyed it. I've got more motivation. I've got more drive. I'm feeling more creative, and I actually want to do something different this evening rather than sit down in front of the sofa. Yeah, yeah. Um, and those effects continue as the the microdosing course goes on. Um, and by the end of the month you'll notice that you're a completely different person, you know, you'll notice that you've got a lot more creativity, the feelings of anxiety, depression, PTSD, stress will severely have subsided, Um, feelings of happiness will be through the roof, drive, motivation, sex drive through the roof, creativity, as I say, through the roof, Um, and yeah, you'll just, you'll, you'll feel like you'll feel like a completely different person along with all those things it, by the end of that month you will also be able to start looking at the darker parts of yourself with a bit more comfort rather than fear you know mm. going back to what it could be a good place for somebody to start a very well. good yeah, place yeah, yeah, to, yeah. for that's somebody actually, to
0: really start i'm sure obviously people listening now will be like oh I, like that's actually a place to start for uh just for the guys listening as well um, obviously, most people will probably see the get hear of the podcast from Instagram anyway, but mm-hmm. um, I will have these Instagram um attached to the bio of this so you can just click and message me basically, yeah. because uh, I know obviously you got messages the last time from it, oh, I was
1: flat out getting them, it was great, it was great.
0: Um, but yeah, so in ter- yeah, so like in terms of the like how, like. It, like you're on and like so, like five days on, a few days off, and you do that for ages, or do you do like a month, like often after that? How how does it work?
1: So what what I advise people is if they're going to start working with microdosing is the Stamets method, um, which is four days on, three days off, um, and you you repeat that process for a month. Now at the end of the month, this is just my advice. At the end of the month, what I advise is give yourself a break for maybe a month mm. because the benefits of that first cycle, you'll feel those from six to eight weeks after the dose is finished. So you do the four weeks dose, you give yourself a break and you'll feel the, the, the benefits and the effects six weeks after you come, you finish your last day. Mm. So give yourself that month break just as a tolerance break, just to see how you, how can you cope with life on your own now mm. after the month because the last thing that I would want anybody to do is also use these as a crutch the same similar to antidepressants mm. and anxiety pills whatever now they're two very different things you know the microdosing there's no addictive qualities to it where antidepressants I've been working with people who have had massive withdrawal symptoms basically the same kind of withdrawal symptoms as you find coming off oxycontin um shaking, low energy, feeling absolutely lowest of the low. Um and they have no idea what the fuck it is. Whereas the microdosing kids, you come off them, you're not getting any of that. You know, you're you're completely safe. Mm. Um but I just advise people, look, give it a month in between, just to see how do you deal with life yourself without a crutch. Mm. Um but that's just my advice. Obviously you know your body better than I do. If you feel after the month, no, fuck that. That's far too terrifying. I can't do this right now. I I still need a helping hand. And by all means, yeah, go go for another month. You know, um. But how? I would I would advise a three day, four days on, three days off break, and repeat that for a month.
0: Yeah, this is my like knowledge of habits. But you start on Monday, finish, and then you you start back on Monday. I think even that just for like the like the setup of it it's mm. just really easy for like I know obviously there's nothing to do with it like, but that's just my first thing so starting on a Monday oh and then you start back on a Monday oh that's wicked easy to remember like <laughs> yeah but, <laughs> but
1: like I, I that's that's one of the things that I would advise um, people that I'm working with as well too is and the reason why I advise that is because if you get up on the Monday morning Monday's always the hardest ha- hardest morning to get up at the start of the week is a Monday we all know this mm. your f- first day back at work nobody fucking wants to do it So you get up on the Monday morning, you start your cycle, your day straight away, automatically you've got the thought, my day is going to be 10 times better today. Mm. So you get through Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday with your, with your helping hand. Then on Friday, you take your break and it's the weekend. Mm. So you're already on a high, a natural high anyway, because it's Friday. Then you've got your high on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then you start back then on the hardest day of the week, Monday.
0: Mm. That's good, man. It's good. I like that. And, Anything that we didn't discuss, that you I know obviously we we spoke about at the start and kind of here towards the end, was anything in terms of mushrooms or what you do that you want to elaborate on or talk more on?
1: Um, yeah, I I I work really closely with them, so I do. Um, Anybody who wants any more advice or any information on them, by all means, feel feel free. Shoot me a message on Instagram. We'll arrange a coffee. We'll arrange a range of chat, and I will advise you how to how to work with these things in the safest way possible. Um, whether it's microdosing, safe dosing, microdosing, whatever it is, um, if you have any interest or if it if it appeals to you in any way, shape, or form, feel free to just drop me a message, and we can we can take it from there
0: awesome awesome d man this is a great conversation once again man thanks for coming on
1: i was amazing there i i absolutely loved it again i just love deep deep real conversations so i appreciate you get me back on
0: oh you're welcome man you're welcome i'm sure obviously and the people listening have really enjoyed it but as d said guys obviously feel free to drop him a message and send us across some feedback as well i love getting messages just saying geez i really enjoyed this particularly because this is such a taboo subject and like i will not not talk about anything on this podcast like it's my own podcast and i just want to speak about things i will speak about generally or want to learn about if you get me so folks feel free to get in touch uh with d like with any questions um trying to find out how he can help you or just you know just any queries in general and drop us a message tag us on your story anything that will help obviously because more people who hear this you may be to help them on their spiritual journey and getting better and stuff but folks appreciate you as always thank you very very much